0: Right, good evening everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Lighthouse house at Sackleship Center. My name is Dave Evans and my wife Sherry, she'll be joining us in just a second. And uh, we're welcome here tonight. Uh, we'll be teaching again from the Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack. We'll be in Chapter 11 again tonight. I'm trying to proclaim and demonstrate. We'll talk about that in just a moment. <coughs> Excuse me. You know... Uh, again, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website at LighthouseDiscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we apologize we missed last week because we have some major computer issues, and so we were down for a couple days. Himself, uh, so, but we're back, so you didn't miss anything last week. We just were not allowed to. We were not allowed to livestream because we have some issues, but we're back this week. At the same point in time. We are having issues with YouTube today. We're even still having some issues today with some of the live streaming. Uh, So we actually have to do it uh, the old fashioned way. So uh, we're on Facebook. It might not be on the website right now. It will be on the website later. It is not on YouTube right now, but it will be archived on the website, on YouTube later, okay? So uh, sometimes when we have problems, we can't go live stream on some of these platforms, but we will always, when we do live stream, when we do teach, we will have them archived eventually on the website and also on YouTube. Excuse me. And it's grouped by series, so all the teachings from this book are grouped together Had a playlist on YouTube, and they're grouped together in a teaching series on our website. We're still getting a lot of requests from different people, uh, pastors, whatnot from different countries. We're in California, and uh, we teach three times a week, and we ha- we both have full-time jobs. We have other jobs. Actually, if we put it all together, we have four or five jobs, and so it just it sounds like a lot, and it is, but it's also not as bad as it sounds. At the same point in time, we're busy, okay, uh, and so that's uh, why we have a teaching schedule. And uh, you can. Uh, we, three days a week, we can't do much more than that. If we say yes to you, or say yes to one of these other things, we're saying no to something else. And I'm not saying we would never do it. But, you know, I'll, I mentioned, and I have mentioned many times, I've mentioned this before in the last several teachings and Bible studies, we don't do messenger. And a lot of people don't like that, but sorry. We have a lot of different reasons why we don't. We don't do messenger. I don't do WhatsApp or any phone calls internationally. Uh, you know, some people want to connect with me, want me to call them. You'll put your phone number on the Facebook. If you put your phone number on the Facebook, I will delete it. Okay. Uh, if you put your contact information, I mean, you can put your your email if you want to make that public to everybody else. But the best way to contact us is through our website at LighthouseDiscipleship.org. There's a contact us button on every page our email is on the bottom of every page so there's plenty of reasons why you can't you can contact us by email or through our website all the information's on our website i'm not going to put that information i'm not going to put our email or our phone number or all of any of that information on facebook i'm just not going to do that and but our, all of our contact info is through our website and so and, and, and I'll say that I'll even say that in a dialogue, and people will still give me their phone number, want me to contact them, you know. And you want me to contact you, but you won't you won't listen to anything I have to say at the beginning. And you know, I don't want to go too long on this, but you know, uh, if I'm gonna speak to your church, you've got to at least respect me. <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's step one. If you're not gonna respect that, and I really, I got plenty of other people who are willing to listen. And so I, I just don't have time for that. So um, anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to make this a negative thing, but I have over 10,000 people following us. We have three or four different jobs that we have to do during the week and whatnot. So you got to work with us. And we have, that's why I streamline everyone through our website and, and, and our, our, our email. You know, the ones that I'm going to respond to are the ones that respect what I say. If you don't respect what I say, then I'm gonna I'm gonna spend time with those who do respect what I say. And so uh, I'm not trying to start off this Bible study on a negative note, but I just want, I want to make that mention. If you want to connect with me, connect with me how I choose to be connected with. And so and so uh, we'll get to, we'll connect that way. That's it for point, Let's jump into Bible study. We are in chapter eleven again tonight. Title: Proclaim and demonstrate. We're talking about the believer's authority. As believers, we have authority, and a lot of people have not been taught this. Andrew even puts in the subtitle, "What you didn't learn in church." You know, a lot of churches don't teach about how we have authority. They'll talk about spiritual warfare, uh, but they, you know, which I don't believe how it's taught is biblical in most cases. Uh, but at the same point in time, uh, we have authority. Okay, we've been by the blood of Jesus. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus to be kings and priests. We have authority in the name of Jesus. We have been given the power of attorney to use His name. We have authority as as believers. We are children of God. We are kings and priests, and we have authority. In this particular chapter, we're talking about proclaim and demonstrate because the gospel is not just taught. The gospel is also demonstrated. I've gone to a lot of different churches. Some churches, that they're, they're well taught, but they don't have any demonstration. It's kind of a dead church. They might have a lot of good teaching, but they don't do anything. And then we have a lot of churches that are kind of like the Corinthian church. They do a lot of demonstration, but they have no teaching. They're what I call immature church. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't have any teaching. They they're, they're, they got they talk about the power, but they don't have the gospel. And you don't, you can't have the power without the gospel. Um, it, just, it doesn't work that way and so we but Paul and Jesus both taught the word of God and demonstrated the word of God Jesus said these signs shall follow those who believe in Mark 16 and and he uh, well, I'm just trying to give a little reha- recap a little bit of this chap- ch- chapter because we haven't been here for two weeks and then Andrew goes into it's more than just a doctrine the gospel is more than just a doctrine you have to have the foundation you can't just have power without the doctrine that is That is just backwards. Uh, You know, some people don't like that. They want to get to the good stuff. You know, they want to fast forward like a video to the, the good parts. Well, if you don't have the gospel, then by whose authority are you actually doing this demonstration? Your own? The gospel is the power of God. And there's nothing more powerful than the gospel. If you think your power or your demonstration is more powerful than the gospel, then you are wrong. You are wrong to the core. And so, at the same point in time, it's not just about teaching; it's about demonstration too. It's both. We we have to understand it. It's both. And at same point in time, Andrew Andrew goes on to talk about how we he's we can talk about our authority in a lot of different areas. But one of the areas where we we talk about this a lot is healing. Jesus never told us to go pray for the sick. He told us to go heal the sick. He told us seventy that. He told us twelve that. He told us the church go heal the sick, cast out devils. We uh, Raise the debt freely. You receive freely. Give, and some people struggle with this. You know they pray, "If it's God's will, Lord heal this person." No, it's already God's will. By His stripes you're healed. Jesus paid for your sickness to the cross. Sickness is a violation of the Word of God. I'm not saying you are in sin because you're sick. No. Where does sickness come from? Sin is part of the curse. Read Deuteronomy 28. Sin is part of the curse, and Jesus said He's redeemed us from the curse. Galatians 3:13. And so we are redeemed from the curse. We don't have to be sick. You know, you don't have to be sick anymore than you have to be addicted to any, any uh, addiction. Jesus paid for both. Jesus even said to the parable, like, which is easier for me to be- say your sins are forgiven or the rise of a walk? Both are just as easy because the same, the same Jesus, the same cross, paid for both. And so we talked about all that so far. Now that leads us to the section we're going to be into tonight. Or start off anyway it says people have a choice and so we can't preach you know I just uh I just saw a Facebook post just before Bible study tonight. I forget exactly where what it said but it said something along the lines of uh, you know you can't force the gospel on people they have a they have a choice to believe it or reject it you can't force people to be healed they can either re- receive it or reject it and you know people have a choice and we have have many people in our lives, in our ministry, fight yes. us to be sick. Fight us to be poor. And I'm going to be talking in my new series this Sunday, talking about experiencing the blessing of God. And I'm going to be starting a new series. And I'm not going to be talking exclusively about finances, but I will be talking about finances to a certain degree. And some people don't think that we should be prosperous. Well, I'm going to debunk that big time uh, this next few day, weeks over on Sunday morning, uh, you know. Uh, I'm not going to leave that That message for Sunday. But at the same point in time, you know, salvation, let me just conclude with this before we get into our city. Salvation, just by definition, in both the Hebrew, Yeshua, and in the Greek, Soteria, it means wholeness. It means healing. It means deliverance. It means prosperity. I had someone reach out to me this week, or the last couple weeks, about uh, deliverance. Uh, you know, don't cast out demons. Well, deliverance is part of our salvation. We can't, we have, you know, it's, a, it's the same Greek word. It's the same Hebrew word. And so, we can be delivered. Deliverance is part of our salvation. And so, anyway, um, but I, that's all the introduction I have. We're going to get to this part about people have a choice. Anything you want to share before we get started? Just-
1: I actually want to re- reread the very first section of this chapter before reading in the, ch- the section that we're, we're on, but you know, amen to what Dave's saying, God gave us his word, he gave us the gospel, and if we're, only, our only focus is on what people call the good stuff or the power, but they're not trusting or believing in the gospel we wouldn't have the spiritual gifts we wouldn't have uh, the blessings of God if it wasn't for Jesus Christ and him crucified and, and risen from the dead and seated at the right hand of God and you know if it wasn't for the gospel we wouldn't have anything we wouldn't have hope um, but I, I do agree with, with Dave and Andrew. and you know We need to believe God's word. God gave us authority. He, he, yes, he did give us free will. Uh, it is our choice to, to uh, believe him or reject him. Uh, but I, I, I really like and appreciate how Andrew starts off this chapter. Whatsoever city ye enter, heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Luke 10, 8 and 9. Jesus told us to heal the sick and preach the kingdom of God. However, so much of the church has just chosen to ignore the first part of our commission. Proclamation and demonstration should always go hand in hand. God's word needs to be confirmed with signs, wonders, and miracles. The spirit-filled side of the church desires to see miracles and healings, But the way so many of them are going about it is to beg and plead with God saying, Oh God, I ask you to pour out your spirit, do a new thing and send revival. That's not the approach the people in the Bible took. They believed that God had given them the authority. They went out and brought revival, commanded revival and released revival by seeing miracles happen. And I just love that because it's it's so true. And if Dave and I do any finger pointing, always know that the fingers always point back to us because we have been there, done that in either not believing or our theology was twisted before we got the correct revelation. And by all means, we're not 100% all the way there for every revelation, but we have, like to quote Andrew, uh, we haven't arrived but we have left. We've we've left on this journey with with God and the revelation of believing his word and um, receiving what he has for us through the gospel and
0: I, mean, I can just add, you know, there's nothing that I have said in correction. You no, know, all scripture is for reproof or correction to righteousness. The there's nothing I have said through correction that I haven't already done myself. When I, you know, some of the things where, you know, I just mentioned ago that we're not supposed to pray for the sick, we're supposed to heal the sick. I used to pray for the sick. But, I mean, you know, I realized, you know, Jesus never wants to tell people to pray for the sick. He told them to go heal the sick. And, you know, even in this section here, if we pray, oh, God, I ask that you pour out your spirit. Do a new thing. And God's poured out his spirit at Pentecost. God's, God's poured out, he didn't pour out his spirit and then take it back. It, the whole the spirit of God's been poured out in the church since Pentecost. It's been poured out from the church. Uh, you know, we sometimes pray, Lord God, welcome us, here. welcome here. God is everywhere. He's even there's no place on the face of this planet that God is not. Now we might think we hear the phrase a, a God-forsaken place. There is no God-forsaken place. God is everywhere. He's not really present. Now, do they recognize Him? Do do, uh, do uh, they worship Him? Do they acknowledge Him? No. In every place, not in every place, but he's everywhere. Jesus said that he'll never leave us or forsake us. So why are we welcoming here? here? He's not the one that left. We did. And so, uh, you know, and and we don't need to pray for revival. We just need to be, be able to preach the gospel, demonstrate the gospel. You start healing the sick, raising the dead, you'll have all the revival you can manage. You know, uh, so just start preaching the word, teaching the word, and doing the word. As far as the gospel is concerned, and you will have, revival will happen. You don't have to ask God to do something he told us to do. And so, uh, but again, the point that I'm trying to make right now is that even in that exhortation, I, you know, I've been there. I used to teach, I, I mean, if you read my high school yearbooks, especially my junior and senior year, my classmates knew that I was praying for revival. I mean, that would, revival was like my favorite Word. I studied revival. I stu- studied Leonard Ravenhill and all di- Spurgeon and all different revivalists. You know, I-, I pleaded with God to do revival again. We did see a revival in our high school. And that's a whole, so much in I mean, the year after I graduated, they canceled school for a whole week because revival is so, so awesome. But anyway, it was just, a, uh, there there's so much that happened in my high school years, it was awesome. And I, you know, at the time I you know, I believe God will also let me just say this, God will meet you where you're it will be according to your faith. I wasn't mature enough spiritually to know to pray differently. And I feel God like God honored that. I don't feel like God's gonna dishonor it to a certain degree, uh, if you're praying in ignorance. At the same point in time, there's a better way. There's a, a there's a there's a more excellent way. And you know the revivals i saw in my life were kind of hit and miss but when i do it god's way when i do it the way he's told he's ordained for it to happen we can see it happen all the time and it just works and uh, and uh, uh but sometimes some of us and i even though i say all that even uh There's been times where I didn't pray for your Bible and it didn't seem like I saw anything. There's been a lot of time in my my years I was frustrated why I wasn't working. Well, I wasn't doing it the right way. You know? You know? If you try to wire this house with electricity with wood instead of copper, it's just not going to work. Why? Because there's laws governing electricity. And there's laws in the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about laws like the Mosaic law. But there's laws like gravity there's law like thermodynamics there's law like gender and gestation which a lot of people don't understand that they, they can't they can't tell a boy from a girl anymore but at the same point in time uh, it's a law god's made a law of gender uh, and, you know and so it's just when you cooperate with the laws they work when you don't cooperate with the laws they don't work and not only like that if you don't cooperate with the laws of gravity it's definitely kill you it's not it's not the laws' fault If you don't cooperate with certain laws, they can kill you. And so, uh, And These
1: these natural laws that Dave uh, talks about, they are different than, say, the laws of the land, like a police officer or the government or whatever enforces.
0: Or the Mosaic Law.
1: Or the Mosaic Law. These natural laws or spiritual laws that Dave is talking about are completely different things. So please make sure you...
0: But the point is, they work for everybody, everywhere, every time. They don't have favorites. And so we just have to learn how... If we have a kingdom, you're going to have laws. And you just have to... You know, anytime I get a new device, I want to read instructions to see how it works. If you want to see how the kingdom of God works, then read the word of God and let the spirit of God reveal it to you. And it will work for everybody, everywhere, every time. And it's not God's fault we don't cooperate with the laws of the kingdom it's your fault for not cooperating with the laws and that's not necessarily your fault in the sense of shame on you it's just it's why you're frustrated it's why you're not seeing it work but when we cooperate with the laws it will work and we have authority anyway
1: so in the end as as uh, andrew was sharing that the reason why we see it work in the bible for the the different ones for the apostles uh, Abraham, you know, you just I mean there's a whole long list we could go down, but they believed God at his word. He told them something, they did it. I'm not saying they didn't struggle at times or or mess up, but the reason why they so much saw they saw so much breakthrough or revival was because they believed God at his word. They trusted him and they went out in the authority that God had given them. So, in the section we're in, people have a choice. It starts out 2 Peter 3 9 clearly reveals that it's not God's will that anyone perish. Yet, people are perishing, lots of them. God doesn't control or just allow these things. He's not the one who predestines some people to be saved and others to be lost. There are a number of reasons why people are perishing instead of being saved. Each individual person has a choice. God isn't going to force anyone to be saved. He honors our free will. Some people, due to the lies and deception of the devil, or because they've been hurt and taken up an offense, are preoccupied with the cares of this life. They have rejected all of the invitations and interventions of God in their life. So by their own free will, they are choosing not to make Jesus their Lord. Your faith can't make a person get saved. That's not what the Word of God teaches. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Acts 16.31 In context, this is saying, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And as each one of your family members believe on him, they'll be saved too. Each person must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive salvation for themselves. No one can do it for you, and you can't do it for someone else. People have a choice in the matter.
0: You know, again, I think a lot of this is what we've already been t- t- talking about, even this evening. You know, people have a choice. You can't force the gospel on people. You can't force healing on people. You know, even what I'm teaching right now, I can't force it on you. I can teach it, I can exhort it, I can preach it, you know, and I will preach it and I will teach it because I believe it's true. You know, going back even to the section that we read earlier, you know, they the early church, uh, they uh, um they believed that God had given them authority. They went out and brought revival, commanded commanded revival, and released revival by seeing miracles happen. You know. You might not believe that, and that's your choice. You don't have to believe it. But it doesn't have to work for you either. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, and we're not trying to, we're not saying this to be arrogant. We're just saying this because we just, we believe it's true. And we've seen the results, you know. Uh, and even though we've seen the results, we have also not seen the results in the sense that we've got our eyes off the ball. we got outside of God's uh, laws, in a sense. Uh, and we did it our way, instead of doing it His way. I've gotten the flesh, even as a pastor. I've gotten the flesh, and uh, you know, and so I, you know, I, I have preached uh, in my own strength versus preaching with the Spirit of God. I've done that. I've seen that. Uh, you know, I, I got, you know, I, I just I've done that. It's been a while since I've done some of those things, but uh, that I'm talking specifically talking about right now. But I have done that. But the point is, people have a choice. But I can't reject it for them by not preaching. I can't reject what we're teaching right now by not teaching it. I can't reject it for you. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to reject it for you. But, you know, the gospel is very simple. We just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Yes, he's quoting him from uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 31. You know, salve- again, the word salvation, the word save, sozo, in the shorter form. Shortest form. It, it, it means wholeness. It means healing, it means deliverance, it means prosperity, you know it, it means more than just the forgiveness of your sins, it, it includes all those things, so if you just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved well if you just believe in Jesus Christ you can also be healed, if you believe in Jesus Christ you can also prosper, if you believe in Jesus Christ you can also be delivered it's the same word you know uh, it, it's, it's what the word means it's what it includes. And so um, we just have to believe the gospel. We have to believe it. Nothing is impossible for him who believes, the Bible says. Nothing. And when God says nothing is impossible to him who believes, he means exactly what he says. Nothing is impossible. At the same point in time, Jesus also said, you can do, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, you can't do anything, and with Jesus, you can do anything. Can you do anything that violates God's word? No, because that's not Jesus. That's not God's word, you know, and and if, that, if that's your, your heart, your heart's in the wrong spot. I mean, Peter rebuked uh, um, Simon the sorcerer because his heart was not right. You know, he, he wanted to, to, to get the gospel and the, and the, and the gifts so he, he could get rich. Well, that's wrong. I just talked about prosperity, but there could be a wrong way to do that. If you're if you're if you're trying to do this gospel and be a pastor or minister so you can be rich, your heart's in the wrong place. And as Peter told Simon, sorcerer, let your money perish with you. You know and that's that's not the right approach. Can I am I saying that some of the fruit of being in ministry or whatnot is wrong? No, absolutely not wrong. It's not wrong. You know, some people, you know have a hard time with some people who, ministers, have some money. You know, until you've seen their seed, I think you need to keep your religious mouth shut. You know, until you've seen their seed, unless you've seen how much they work, you know, and, you know some of the ministers that I know, I'm not saying this with every minister, that have, have a lot of money, they also give away a lot of money. They give away millions. You know, and I'm not saying that was with everybody, but until you've seen someone's seed, you know, don't judge their harvest. Who are you, you know? And I think some some of our religion can get in the way. We sometimes need to keep our religious mouth shut. And and it's just wrong, you know? And you're not their judge. You're not their boss. You're not their, you're not their Lord. Let God deal with that if their hearts in the wrong spot. For you to come to another minister and correct them, you are out of line. You have, you do not have that authority. You do not have, we're talking about believer's authority, but that is not a way that you have authority. If you don't like a minister because of what they teach or how they do, just leave. That is a proper approach. That's what Jesus said. Shake off the dust of your feet and go to another town. It's the same, it's the same principle. Just leave. You know, a minister is not going to go very far if they don't have any followers. Just leave. Okay? And don't spend don't spend all your time correcting someone in that regard. Just go to those who are teaching the word. Spend your time sitting under a ministry where you are getting fed and where you are being ministered to. And go minister. You know, if people reject the gospel that you're preaching to, don't try to force it down the throat. It won't work. And the more that you try to force it, the, more, the harder their heart is going to get. And you're going to make it even harder for them to receive the truth because they're going to cram up like a shell. But you just go on to the people who will listen. That's why That's why I am talking at the beginning of this video. There are some people who want me to come teach, but they, they don't want to listen. They don't want to follow directions. And so I'm going to go to those who, who will follow directions and who will listen. And uh, i got plenty of people who are hungry for the gospel, hungry for the truth, that will, will, will respect and honor what I have to say and others have to say. You know, I've already said we're you know, people want to say how they can get involved. Well, why don't, there's plenty of people asking for prayer requests in the comments below on these teachers. Why don't you pray for some of them? Why don't you reach out? And even if they're not having a prayer request, why don't you show them some brotherly love? Why don't you show them the... Why don't you love one another? And I'm not saying you don't, but, you know, uh, if you don't say anything, then uh, you don't nothing's said. And I, I'm getting off track a little bit here. But people have a choice. Even what the same things I'm saying right now, you have a choice to comply or not comply. I'm not going to force you, you know. And uh, but we 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 can't force people to believe the gospel. We can't force people to be healed. We can't force people to see their lives prosper. We can teach it, and we we will teach it, and we are teaching it. We will continue to teach it. I'm going to be talking about a message this next few Sundays about the blessing of the Lord. Some people are not going to like it. I'm still going to teach it. And uh, uh, because I believe it. And we're going to be blessed. And we're not cursed. And we're going to see the blessing of God in our lives, in our ministry. And we are seeing it. And so, anyway, we can't. people have a choice to be saved, not be saved, to experience the fruit of salvation. And, uh, and so, anyway.
1: You know, something that, uh, that just clicked in my head while Dave was speaking is... You know, it seems like there's been a lot of correction tonight and uh, take it for what what it's worth. But when we are not ever saying that the gifts or the power of God is wrong or bad or or you shouldn't want it because that's not what we're saying. The gifts are from God for believers to... Benefit the body of Christ. It's not to be on a pedestal. It's not to uh, make money like Simon the sorcerer, like Dave was talking about. the The gifts of God are to benefit and to bless and to edify the body of Christ. And so, yes, we are to desire the gifts. Yes, as Paul says, uh, you know, d- desire the different ones, but most of all, desire love that's that's the same way to look at the believers authority that God has given us his church this authority is not for us to be uh, staying up on our soapbox uh, being all proud of ourselves because we have authority saying I'm better than someone else. No, the believer's authority is to benefit other believers. Is also to benefit the world to bring them to Christ. You know, Andrew in the first section I read talked about how uh, the 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 early church, the the different the people in the Bible, uh, they believed God, but they. They believed God at his word so that it would benefit people. Abraham believed God that that he would be given a son. Out of that seed came Jesus Christ. Uh, the, The apostles, you know, they were given authority. They walked with Jesus. What that authority did was. Bless and springboard, probably the first revival ever with Peter standing up and preaching and thousands of people got saved. In fact, the church grew dramatically during that time because the apostles took the authority that Jesus gave them and they didn't lord it over people. They took that authority and said, hey, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you and people were healed. Peter preached the gospel how many thousands were saved uh, Paul on on all his missionary journeys he used the gifts that God gave him the Holy Spirit gave him through Jesus Christ to bless the church to teach them to, to correct them to help them see how much the gospel means I mean Paul in his teachings is one of uh, the best uh, if you're in, in the Bible and studying out, say, the power of God or righteousness or the spiritual gifts, he's very clear and explains it very well. Uh, but all of these teaching, all of the authority does go back to the gospel. And I get people are rolling their eyes thinking we promote the gospel too much. But if it wasn't for the gospel, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, That's none, a compliment. none of us would have anything. We wouldn't be saved if it wasn't for Jesus. We wouldn't have the gifts if it wasn't for Jesus. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in us. Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit. It's all because of Jesus. So, of course, we're going to preach the gospel. And And someone
0: to say that we're preaching the gospel too much, that's a compliment to me. I mean, if we don't preach the gospel, then I might as well shut all this down because I am not interested in playing church. And uh, I'm just not interested... I'm not doing this uh, for any other reason. So, we if we don't preach the gospel, I have nothing else to say. And so, uh, someone to say, someone to critique me that I'm preaching the gospel too much is actually a compliment. I had someone actually a few years ago say, Dave, you used too much scripture. That's a compliment. <laughs> you know, I know some pastors don't use any scripture at all. And so, you know.
1: We went to uh, uh, Fred's. Um Graduation. graduation from Bible College in their church and I was if it wasn't for our friend and they had some unbelieving family members I would have walked out uh, they didn't mention Jesus they didn't mention a Bible verse they didn't mention God that not mentioned the Holy Spirit that it mentioned the gospel uh, we were wondering and kind of getting mad uh, on the inside like what's the point of being here what is the point of calling a Bible college if Jesus isn't preached if the if the Word of God isn't isn't talked about and um, you know I'm we're just being real again any correction that we have been given out tonight it seems like this is a serious night tonight. Uh, we're pointing the fingers at us because we have been there, done that. We have walked in a in a lot, if not all, of any of our corrections ourselves, and uh, it it's kind of like how my my young niece, who's a teenager now, she came to me complaining that her mom was. Uh, uh, disciplining her and keeping her away from allow- not allowing her to do certain things. And she was like, But you know, I want to try things, I want to do things. You know, why does it matter that you know my mom did it when she was younger, now she's not allowing me to? And I told her, As an adult or as a more mature believer, and we can all learn from even the youngest believer, so don't get caught up on being more mature or less mature as, as a believer. But I, I cautioned my niece, I encouraged her that the reason that either mature believers uh, instruct the younger ones or even parents instruct their children is we've been there and we've messed up ourselves in the past doing the same thing or close to it or worse And we want to stop the other person from going through the heartache that we did. You know, Dave and I have, uh, you know, we've had a lot of talks about, oh, that person's religious or that person's more religious or whatever. But Dave always says, all of us have some sort of religion in us. Uh, One of the Bible teachers I listened to today said, even the United States, there seems, tends to be a lot more religious people Because of just our culture of being in the United States, whether we're believers or not, we have some sort of religious thinking. And you know, there's a lot of things that I have messed up on spiritually because I didn't believe or believed the wrong thing, that if I could, I would help everybody on this planet not go through what I went through with with my stinking thinking. You know, I I would almost desperately throw myself in front of someone to stop them from going down the roads that that I've gone. Now, I might not have done a lot of, of certain sins because not only was I raised in a Christian home, but I just I wasn't into drinking or drugs or having sex outside of marriage. Or I mean, I, I could say a lot of list of, of things that that thank God he kept me from, but there's some wrong thinking, wrong theology, religious thinking, just d- stuff that I've struggled with, uh, sin, whatever you want to call it, that if I could keep someone from going down the roads that I did before I got the revelation, before I Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, showed me the truth in the right way. By golly, I will help you if I can. I don't want you to go through some heartache uh, that I've I've gone through. And, you know, I, I hurt for you if you've gone through some stuff yourself. But, you know, we're only being serious tonight because we want to help you. Oh,
0: well, good stuff. So I hope you're hurting our hearts with all that. So. But let's continue on the message, I mean teaching, misrepresenting the Lord.
1: Sometimes the problem is that we're misrepresenting the gospel, the Lord, and his kingdom. We aren't telling people the truth. We're giving them religion and tradition, or our words aren't matching our life. For whatever reason, many people are led into false religions. Some are being told that to kill people for religious purposes grants them entrance into heaven with a harem of women throughout all eternity. That is absolute foolishness. It's completely wrong and violates the truth of God's word. Yet there are people full of misplaced hope and zeal engaged in suicide bombings and other similar activities. False doctrines are sending lots of people to hell. If God doesn't desire any of this, then why is it happening? God gave us authority and with it comes responsibility. In order to see people born again, we must preach the gospel. It's not because God hasn't done everything necessary to provide salvation that people aren't born again. It's not because he doesn't want them saved. One major reason people aren't being born again is that Christians haven't taken their authority and used it properly. Perhaps believers aren't preaching the true gospel. They're administering religion and tradition instead. Maybe some Christians presented a negative witness with their lifestyle. Perhaps the lost person had one bad experience with someone who said they were a believer and because of it refuses to really listen to the true claims of Christ. Some way or another, it's people who are messing things up. Satan is inspiring it. He's doing his best to prejudice people against the gospel. It's not God's will that any person die and go to hell. It is happening. This same logic applies to healing, prosperity, and marriages. People say, well, if it's God's will, they'll be healed whether you or or I pray for them or not. Apply the same reasoning to salvation and see how it sounds. If it's God's will, people will be saved whether we minister to them or not. That's not true. We have a responsibility. We've been given power and authority to preach the gospel.
0: There's a lot of little nuggets here in this section called Misrepresenting the Lord, and I can take it a lot of different tangents, and I'm hoping to keep some of these short, but, uh, you know, again, we've had a lot of new followers on Facebook in the last several weeks, but I, I come across people from all all over the map in one sense, you know, so I, there's a lot of people who are just faithful, and they're, they're hungry for the Word, and whatnot, and they're teaching the Word, and they're receiving the Word, and there's a lot of good fruit. But then I come up to a handful of people, and some of these people call themselves pastors, evangelists, bishops. I'm not saying this about every single one. There's some who are listening now, so I'm more likely not talking about you. But at the point in time, I come to some, and we, I had one this week that, that they were promoting humanism. And using scripture to prove it. You know, they were saying how we have superpowers. We, You know, that, yeah, Jesus did that, but we have superpowers. God wants us to use our human superpowers. And that's just a bunch of junk. You know, it's just, uh, uh, if you are elevating some superpower above the blood of Jesus, that is just wrong. And you're calling yourself a bishop, you're calling yourself a minister, misleading people. It's a misrepresentation of the Lord, and I don't have a lot of tolerance for that. Going back to what I said a minute ago, I don't really have a lot of authority to, to correct them. And I I, I did uh, uh, point it out, and then I just unfriended him. You know, I just moved away because I got plenty of people who are wanting to be friends and I, I'm running out of friend space and so I haven't added a lot of new friends you like, just because I'm, uh, it's full, you know, and so I would rather move someone off my friend list who's teaching junk like that and bring in someone who is hungry, you know, and so, but then, the, then the, there's another area they're taking this, you know, some people are just frustrated that it's not working. It just seems like Christianity's not working for them you know, whatnot, not. And some of it's because they're believing wrong. And uh, they're misrepresenting the Lord in one sense, you know. And they're thinking, well, if if it's God's will to be healed, them, they'll be healed. If it's God's will to save them, they'll be saved no matter what we do. That is totally wrong. That is totally anti-Bible, anti-New Testament. Because Jesus, Paul, especially Jesus, commissioned the 12, commissioned the 70, commissioned the church in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and even in the book of Acts. He told us to go preach the gospel. He told us to go lay hands on the sick. He told us to go raise the dead. He told us to go do it. Paul even talks about this in Romans. How you know how will anyone go unless someone is sent? How will anyone hear unless someone preaches the gospel? And I'm paraphrasing that, but we are commissioned to preach the gospel. If we don't preach the gospel, who will? Jesus said the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few, and it's it's not because God doesn't want to heal them. In some ways, people people are not going. And some of the people who are going are preaching the wrong message. And we're not saying this again, again, be negative, give people's case. But if you're preaching the wrong message, you're not going to get the right results. It's insanity to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. If what you're doing is not coming up, then stop. Consider doing something new. If what you've been doing for months, years, days, weeks decades, all your life, is not working, then consider doing something that is, that's working. Andrew, do his ministry, since I'm reading his book, I'm going to give a lot of attention to him. I'm reading his book. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. He's seen, I mean, I'm sure it's in the, if not the hundreds of thousands, it's in the millions of people who've been saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, I mean, uh, and then He'd have several people raised from the dead. I mean, until you're getting results like that, and you're not getting results like that, and you're going to fight your theology over someone who is seeing results like that, then I would consider trying something different. You know? It's insanity to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. That's that's a definition of insanity. Even the world teaches that. You know? And so... uh, and we're not saying that to pick on you to be mean. It's just, it's just. Uh, but sometimes we have to, to, to wake, wake people up a little bit. And people are misrepresenting that. And people to say that what well, was God's will to heal you, He'll heal you. That's a misrepresentation of the gospel. That's a misrepresentation of the Word of God. God wants everyone to be healed. God wants everyone to be saved. But we need to preach the gospel at the same point in time. Going back to the last section we read, people have a choice. And even though you can want to heal everybody, Andrew wants to heal everybody, but not everyone's going to reject and receive it. Some people are going to reject it, but we can't misrepresent it. You know, I'm not going to back down because some people think I'm weird. Well, I think they're weird. You know, it's just that, and and, am I, are we doing everything perfectly right all the time? Absolutely not. If we did, we'd be seeing a lot better results. We're not seeing all the results we like to see, so there's, so there's some correction to go on our side too, but we are. I can tell you this: in the last 10 years, our last Sherry and I have seen humongous results compared to what we used to see. And uh, you know, we're just seeing. I mean, we're just seeing results. We have grown. Even just spiritually speaking, we have grown leaps and bounds in the last 10 years. we both grew up, grew up in great, awesome Christian homes. You know. Uh, through the years, uh, not uh, we have been to some good churches, some not so good ch- ch- churches, but we have, but even then, all, most of the pastors that we know were awesome men and women of God, and so we have nothing to say negative about them. But my point I'm trying to get to is that uh, you know we have grown, we have matured, and I can. Say even though we had some great teachers and pastors through the years, when we got in touch with Andrew and his ministry, and we went to his Bible college, Cairns Bible College, and we have grown leaps and bounds. The the teaching, the fellowship, the, the mentoring that we receive, it just matured us. And we are now trying to apply, we are trying to live out what we've been taught, and we're trying to teach others what we've been taught. That's one of the reasons why we still use his books. And this is the first book that I got from Andrew Womack before I even met the guy, before I even heard him preach. I read this book from him, Believer's Authority. This is the very first one I got. And, and it rocked my world, and I'm still processing some of this stuff. But it works. And, uh, and so, anyway, you want to add anything on to that?
1: No, I think I'm good.
0: So, all right. Okay, well, let's finish out the chapter. We've got one more section called preach the Gospel.
1: That's what I'm doing. I'm sharing the word of God with as many people as I can. There are millions of folks being touched by our daily television, radio, and internet ministry. People are hearing the word of God and their lives are being changed. They're being born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, healed, delivered, and set free. It's always been God's will to set them free, but they hadn't heard the truth. Somebody had to come across their path and share it with them. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 14, 15, and 17. It's not God's will for anyone to perish, but God relies on people to minister his word and cause different things to change. God has given us both the authority and the responsibility to preach the gospel. If we don't take that responsibility and use that authority, the word won't be preached and people won't get saved. It's not God's will for our nation or this world to be in the mess it's in. His will is for us all to reflect His values, submit to Him, and shine as a glorious church. However, it's not working that way because people aren't responding to Him properly. Let's stop begging God to do what he has told us to do. Instead of asking him to send revival and save people, we need to go out and preach the gospel with signs and wonders. Let's take what Jesus has already provided and make it manifest. It's his power, but it's our authority, which he gave us, that makes it work. God's power is released as we use our authority. Go ahead, flip the switch.
0: I want to read this last paragraph again I Sherry just read. Let's stop begging God to do what He has told us to do. Instead of asking him to send revival and save people, we need to go out and preach the gospel with signs and wonders. Let's take what Jesus... <coughs> excuse me. read that again. Let's take what Jesus has already pro- provided and make it manifest. It's His power, but it's our authority. Which he gave us, that makes it, that makes it work. God's power is released as we use our authority. Go ahead and flip the switch. What does he mean by flipping the switch? I don't know how you guys have electricity in other countries, or even if you do. But here in America, we have light switches, and we can just turn on the light to, to flip the switch. You know, we don't have to call the electrical company every time we want to turn the lights on. You we have authority to turn on the lights every time we want to if we are properly con- connected to the electrical company, we paid our bill and all that good stuff. You know, the, you know we, The Edison provides the power, the electrical company provides the power, but we have authority to flip the switch. God is the power. God said it this way, and, and Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that the God, that the excellence of his power may be of God and us. We have his power, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the excellence of his power is of God and not of us. We are, you know, we, some people question, how do we have authority? How do we have ability to heal the sick? Well, Jesus is in you. Paul, Jesus, God said of his, um, John chapter 1 verse 16, of his fullness we have received grace for grace. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, that when we know the love of God it surpasses knowledge, intellectual knowledge, there's nothing wrong with knowledge, but his love surpasses knowledge. Is there anything better than love? I mean, knowledge? Yes, his love. And when we know, we, there's two word knows in, in that verse, Ephesians 3, 19. There's know being intimate. It's talking about intimacy. It's the same no that, that Mary said, how can this be since I've never known a man? It's the same word. When we, we know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. We may be filled with the very fullness of God. We have the fullness of God. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I live, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 We have God. We have the fullness of the Spirit. We have the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We have God. We're born of God. We have the nature of God. It says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, we will be like him when we see him as he is. When you see God like he is, you'll be like him. It says in Philemon, verse 6, that the communication of your faith becomes effectual when you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. Your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge every good thing that's in you that's in Christ Jesus. If you're acknowledging everything else but the good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus, your faith will not be effectual. How many of us want our faith to be effectual? You know, I want my faith to be effective, but I need to acknowledge every not just some but every good thing it's a good thing not a bad thing every good and perfect gift comes from the father of but i need to know every good thing that's in me in Christ Jesus if you have Christ Jesus you have a lot of goodness in you because you are you've been bought with a price you are the temple of the holy spirit you your spirit man is 1 100% Filled with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, you are. You have received of His fullness. You can't get more of God. You have His fullness, and if you have His fullness, there is nothing more powerful than that. You can't have more than that. And it says in Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four, that <laughs> the gospel is not an it, and this is my paraphrase: the gospel is a who. The gospel is Jesus Christ. The Word of God is not a, a the ink. The word of God is a person, and his name is Jesus. The word, the gospel is a who, and the, the gospel is not a name. Jesus <coughs> excuse me, is the power of God. Let's preach Jesus. Let's preach the power of God. Let's preach the gospel. You know, they preached the gospel, and, and the day of Pentecost, Peter did, and 3,000 people got saved that day. 3,000 people got filled with the Holy Spirit. They preached the gospel, and the church began to multiply daily. Daily, daily. Uh, you know, it says, by your love, the world will know that you're my disciples. Your number one evangelism to the world is how you treat one another. G- G- uh, 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 Jesus said, by your love, this is how people will know that you're my disciples, by your love for one another. He also prayed in John 17. He prayed to his father. He says, Lord, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one, that the world will know that you sent me. Your number one evangelism to the world is how we treat one another. We, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this eventually. I think I'm going to teach you on one of these upcoming Sundays. But when we're, you know, our first, uh, we need to first minister to the Lord, and then we minister to one another in the church, and then we minister. Then with that we are empowered to minister to the world. We we want to reach the world, but our first relationship is with God. And out of that overflow, we have a relationship to the church and to one another. And out of that relationship, we have a relationship to the world. Jesus taught God, in the Word of God, the Bible, talks more about our relationship with God. And he talks about our relationship with one another, and he talks more about our relationship with one another in the church than he talks about our relationship with the world. We want to reach the world, but we reach one, we, and we can't reach one another and minister to one another until we first receive His love. We love because He first loved us. This is love, not that we love Him, but that He loved us and became the propitiation for our sins. Faith works by love, it says in Galatians chapter five, verse six or eight. And, you know, we need to preach the love of God. We need to demonstrate the love of God. What good is it to preach the love of God and how much he loves you and and merciful, and yet you treat your brother uh, worse than you treat God? That is wrong. That is backwards. If you, if, if, John said, if you can't love your brother who you do see, how can you love the one who you don't see? And so, uh, you know, if we, it's a mixed message to the world when we, we we treat god better than we treat one another. That is wrong. We, we we need to treat god one another the same way we treat god in the, in the sense that we love. I mean we're not going to worship one another, but, but at the same point in time we god is glorified, he is magnified. You know, any good parent when they have multiple kids, love it when their kids are getting along, playing together, playing nicely. You bless your you bless your parents. When you get along with your siblings. God is blessed. When we get along with one another. And if you fight with one another. How is the world going to want what you have? Why is the world going to want to become a Christian. So that you treat them like you treat other Christians. Who, who's, who, who wants that? The world already does that to a certain degree. And in some ways the world treats each other better than the church does. In some circles in some ways. That's wrong. You know we should be loving one another unconditionally. And I, mean, I can go off on this. It just it's just big. It just—but uh, uh, you know, I'm not. When we say talk about, we're talking about demonstrating the gospel. Yes, we want signs and wonders. Yes, we want people healed and whatnot. But you know, I have seen more people come to Christ because of love than any other thing. Jesus had compassion on the people. And I have seen more people people come to the Lord just with a simple hello, a simple hi, a simple gesture, some kindness. You know, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We focus a lot about love and, and peace and joy, even temperance. But we sometimes don't talk a lot about the kindness, goodness, gentleness. We're also the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I don't know about you, but when I come across a kind person, a loving person, I want to be around them. When I get around an arrogant, mean person, self-centered person, I, I really don't care if I'm around them too much. In some ways, I will avoid them. If we wanna be, you know, we attract, you will attract more people with honey than you will with vinegar. And so, be the honey, attract them. You know, uh, yeah, anyway, I just, uh, there's so much I could talk about this. I, I, I got off on a lot of different tangents of that, but I just, uh, you know, let's demonstrate, let's be the church. You know, I encourage you, You've been, some of you have been watching on Facebook every week, reach out to one another below. Some people have prayer requests, maybe you don't have a prayer request. Connect with one another. If we're the church, then let's act like it. Let's be the church. A lot of you want me to contact you and whatnot, you know, contact one another. Reach one another, some of you are in the same country. Maybe, maybe you already know each other, you know. We'll contact someone else in a different country, you know. Um, some of you, I don't have a lot of time on my hands because I'm busy, as I said at the beginning of this video, but some of you have nothing but time. And so, and I don't know, I don't know you, I don't know what you do, and, and that might be wrong in some regards, but let's encourage one another. Let's be the church, you know, and, uh, that's awesome. That would, I mean, if you want to bless me, that's going to bless me big time, so...
1: You know, that, that's true. We may be the only Jesus that people see. And it's Jesus in us that we want to show to the, the church, to the world, uh, for them to, to come to the saving knowledge of, of, of Jesus for themselves. You know, I, I do really appreciate Andrew's last paragraph. I know Dave read it. Let's stop begging God to do what he has told us to do. Instead of asking him to send revival and save people, we need to go out and preach the gospel with signs and wonders. Let's take what Jesus has already provided and make it manifest. It's his power but it's our authority which he gave us which that makes it work. God's power is released as we use our authority. Now, I know Dave already spoke <coughs> on it and I know we're out of time, but what really caught me is, Andrew is so clear. Let's take what Jesus has already provided and make it manifest. You know, Dave Ryer or Andrew will say, you know, why are we begging God for something when he's already provided? And then again, well, I'll just use myself in a, as an example. I've had to be corrected on on this issue myself. Jesus through the cross has already provided everything we need for life and godliness. He's already prevailing, provided healing and salvation. What is hard for all of us to, to grasp sometimes is we hear that it's already provided, but we're like, well, where is it? I don't see it. I don't feel it in my body and my body's still sick. I want... My brother, my sister, my, my kid, my (coughs) my parent, my friend, whoever to be saved. They're not saved, but you said that, that God already provided. He did through the cross, but like Andrew was sharing through, through his book, it's people's choice and we need to believe that it's been provided just because Someone has given you a gift doesn't mean you're using it or doesn't mean you've opened that gift. Jesus has provided healing for me, but if I'm sick, if I don't believe him, if I don't trust him at his word, that healing is just basically sitting on a shelf, just collecting dust. I need to believe and use my authority for that healing to actual manifest so that it is seen you know I, I love uh, this, th- these verses in 2nd Peter grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence adds to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 2 2 through 8. I would have stopped just with verses 2 through 4. But I love how Peter uh, ends the sentence in, um, or his last sentence in in verse 8, just in that, that section. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren and fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not talking about intellectual knowledge. Dave already referred to the knowledge that uh, gnosco, intimate knowing of our Lord. If we intimate know God and His Word and what's provided through the cross, if we know not just hear, but, but hear and believe and trust Him, that's and, and do what He's called us to do. He's commanded us to go heal the sick, to go preach the gospel, to to uh, minister to one another in love, for uh, us to believe and, and choose to, for Him to be our Savior. We need that intimate knowledge of Him so that we can be... Um, uh, abounding and, and, and not barren or unfruitful that we are to bear much fruit uh, in, in this intimate knowledge of
0: Him. Well, we are out of time, so I'm just trying to respond to some of the comments below, so that's why it looks like I'm distracted, and I'm just actually talking to some of the people as we're finishing this out. So, But anyway, uh, God bless you guys. We will see you Sunday. I'm starting a brand new series. I'm excited about this. I'm fired up on this. And I talk about experiencing the blessing of the Lord. I'm not just going to talk about the blessing of the Lord. I want us to experience it. And join us Sunday. If you don't get uh, able to join us live, I know you're in different parts of the world. We live stream at 11.15 a.m. Pacific Standard Time from California. At the same point in time, Uh, everything will be archived on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Discipleship Center. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Excuse me, we'll see you Sunday.